This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. We've got a jam-packed show tonight, Tony. We do? Well, jam-packed. I wouldn't know. So this you is would, the first time learning first, of it. But you brought some topics I tonight, did, actually. So I thought of two topics. <laughs> two things you wanted to talk about, but it's jam-packed. So stay tuned. Get everything out. We're going we're gonna to unpack a lot of things tonight. I hate using that phrase, but I thought I'd use it just to annoy Unpack? People. I don't like that either. I hate it. I think it's the dumbest thing it's, I've ever heard. You know what else I hate? I, we're going to put a pin in it. Yeah. I hate that they're, as well. They're all dumb. They're all dumb. So I thought we'd start with that national treasure that is the national spelling bee because that's yes. one of the topics this is one of brought. my topics yes so if you're not familiar with the spelling bee children are tortured for months <laughs> by their parents to spell words and then have them stand oh, up on stage I and spell them i think it's much longer than months well Jack. years and, and it's, it's years and years and somehow it's a national spectacle that they broadcast on espn yeah so every year some kid Fails to spell a 15-letter word correctly because that's important somehow in life. They get they get a scholarship, so that's they get fifty thousand bucks. Do they get a scholarship too? Or is it uh, just probably. 50, I don't know. And a new car. I don't know. They, I know they <laughs> get fifty thousand bucks and a new car. They're all under the age of driving, so the new car right. might not be a problem. So every year they crown a winner, and it's usually somebody, you know, eleven or twelve year old kid. I don't know. This year, what happened, Tony? Well, all right. So a few more introductory <laughs> comments. I don't typically watch the scripts. Howard. I think you do. No, I don't. actually. I know you do. No. <laughs> you, but what you, happened is I, I was watching the NBA finals <laughs> and he interrupted it with this. No. Bee. And on every every commercial, I would I was skipping back to ESPN and I saw that they had this spelling bee on. Mm hmm. And so then I began to notice, I was watching, and these kids are, Ch Chad said, you know, oh, they spend all these hours. No, this is this is not like the old-time spelling bee where you'd have a bunch of kids who were, they were well-read, mm -hmm. they're good spellers, I'm sure they studied their dictionary, they show up and they try to spell a bunch of words. This has become almost like a professional operation. These kids have coaches <laughs> that sit in the front row, they have tactics and strategies i was reading about many of the people who won and we'll get to the plural people who won um they're often spending up to six hours a day studying hmm. words but it's not just studying words because this is a science they study the derivations of words they know all of the etymologies of these words and so they have reduced it to again it, it is almost like they go to training camp and they devote their lives to these spellings you know what that's fine these kids are incredibly smart fifty thousand dollars for that much work okay but i also think um, and this is interesting because this may come up in another topic we have. But <laughs> I think it's fair to say, if you watch one of these, that um, Indians are – they dominate. Okay, so this is not – it is a cultural thing. Is I think, and Pakistani or is it just – Yeah, it may be Pakistani as well. But, but kids culturally from, from that part of the world – or mm -hmm. I mean, they're American citizens. They live here. Right, right. Uh, but – they place an incredible amount of focus on doing well at these spelling bees, and they do. Yeah. They're, they're incredibly dominant, so good for them. Do you think it's a, a cultural thing? 
Well, I, I think some of it is. Must I mean, be. Uh, the, the emphasis on it, the fact that they spend all this time, but they're also very intelligent, oh, yeah. obviously. Always because they're very intelligent, um, yeah. So in any event, as I'm flipping back and forth, watching as the spelling bee progresses through the various rounds and people are eliminated, I start noticing that all of these kids are so good that nobody is getting any of the words incorrect. And Which so, is unusual. They, well, I mean, the, sure. The harder the words the get, harder the harder they get. And they were, you know, and we're now at probably it's, you know, the NBA finals, we're, we're almost at midnight. <laughs> so we're in round 17 and round 18, and there's still eight kids that are up there, and every one of them is spelling every word correctly. And these words, I don't think I could even pronounce many of these words because when the the guy who always does it i don't know what his name is he's some phd very seems like a very pleasant guy he's the <laughs> one that is the moderator he reads all the words he reads the definitions um they would he would pronounce the word and then they would spell it on the screen thinking that's not even close to what i thought that <laughs> word would be so it's amazing and so what wound up happening the point of this is that it got down to literally the 20th round we're at midnight or thereabouts. These mm-hmm. kids have been spelling now for, I don't know, it's like five hours. I think the field initially started with like 60 or 80 kids, something like that. Crazy. And so the idea is, you know, you're going to have a champion. And they're fed from across the country from right. oh, and they, they, the stuff in schools. Already, they go right, they've the already process. gone through the yeah. regionals and yeah. the states and whatever else. So this is the cream of the crop right. uh, of the nation, and we're going to crown a winner. And um, apparently, because everyone kept getting all the words correctly – the Scripps Howard organization decided, just impromptu decision, you know what? It's gone on too long. Everyone <laughs> keeps spelling the words. We're running out of words, apparently. We're just going to have as many ch- – if you spell your word correct in the 20th round, you win. <laughs> and we'll have as many champions as we need to have. And we had eight national spelling bee champions because all of the remaining kids who have been in for the last six rounds – all spelled every word correctly, and so they all get trophies. See, I, I disagree with you. We don't have eight. We have none because you could only have one champion. You yes. can't have eight champions. So this is, um, even though it's a, a pretty insignificant story, it is also uh, just totally unacceptable. We cannot have eight champions of the National Spelling Bee. There's no possible way. Now, I, I read, I didn't know this at the time, but the previous couple of years, I think there were two people that shared the championship. That's bad. Yes. That's also bad. Eight's worse. But not as egregious as eight. Yeah, definitely worse. Now, there are many things. So I am declaring myself the czar of the next Uh-oh. spelling bee. I've Uh-oh. already I've already sent a list of suggestions to uh, Dr. So-and-so who's running this because the idea that we couldn't figure out a way to select a champion is bothersome to me. Penalty okay? kicks? No. So first of all, if you ever – I would encourage you just because it's a fascinating um, kind of subculture watching this spelling bee. Every time – I will give you an example. Sure. I have to think. So the way this goes is – it's not like the normal spelling bee. At your school, this is how it goes. Timmy, the word is unctuous. Unctuous. U-N-K. Ding. No, that's wrong. Go sit down. Right? It's um, – your word is Gleichschaltung Fahrvergnügen ausgezeichnet. <laughs> And then this is what this is every German kid, origin. Every kid, every kid. Can you please repronounce the word? Yes, it's Glaukschaltung. 
Um, can you please use the word in a sentence? And then they use a word in a sentence. Can you please? What is the derivation of the word? What is it? And they say it's from the it's from the Vulgate German, also Finnish, and from the Papua New Guinean. Okay, could you please repeat the word again? Yes. Is the word? Does the word have any other pronunciations? No, it's just one pronunciation. Okay. Could you repeat the word again? Could you use the word again in a sentence? And and so this is an this is a minute the and a half. Same sentence, or they use a different sentence? No, but they. In other words, this is all these sort of stalling. Yeah. Now, obviously, they're finding out as much as they can because, again, these kids study all these root derivations. So half of it is they know the roots and so they can kind of almost construct the word in their minds. And then they all write out the word imaginary with their imaginary finger on their forearm. This takes about a minute and a half. And they're on a clock. I think they have two minutes total to actually then spell the word. So the first thing, the most obvious thing you need to start doing is, um, kids, we're now in the 20th round. This is how it's going to go. I'm going to tell you the word, and I'm going to read you the definition, and you have 30 seconds. You're not getting any more information. Go. Yeah. Okay? That's simple. Seems to be. Um, we can put aside all of the stalling and the please pronounce it for the third time and what is the root. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you the word. I'm going to read you the definition, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to start spelling. So it's basically like the NFL in the overtime. You basically go a certain length of time. Once you get to that level – now you, you get less options to, to stall and to get more about the word. you got to figure it out or you don't get or, it. Or my other suggestion would be you maybe put a minute on the clock. Okay. And then every time they ask one of those questions, can you use it in a sentence? Oh, what it takes some time away. You, you lose 10 seconds. Nice. So you, wanna, you want me to read it in a sentence for you? You have 50 seconds. You want to know the root words or the, you know, the language of origin? That's another 10 seconds off. Um, you want to ask me any other goofy question about the word? You want me to reread it? Sure. Um, repronounce it? You want to know other pronunciations? And so you might get down to, I guess we would allow them to have 10 seconds. That'll be the, 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 lowest, the, the lowest you can go. And so now are you happy? You have all your information? Go. I think Start you should do it for every round. I also, no think, for seven hours. I also think since, again, we're trying to crown a champion, I realize these children are, you know, 12 years old, but it doesn't matter. We've got to toughen them up. I think we should bring in, <laughs> we should bring in then a group of hecklers, Ooh. like I envision like New York Giants Ooh. fans at the NFL draft, who, are then, Giants, who yeah. are then shouting things, nice. you know, overrated during the time the children are trying to figure nice. out how to spell the word. Nice. Now, obviously, that would be, you know, in the, you know, like there's two left or something, right? Sure. Because don't you have to demonstrate? You got to be calm Poised. under pressure. Sure. Right? And I then like ultimately, if we, if we have two that even that doesn't work, where they have, they're spelling everything in 10 seconds, then you have to spell the words backwards. Uh, better. They have to run while they're saying it because you can't concentrate on both the running and the spelling. They have to do, or they have to do some, some kind of physical exertion. Yes. yes. Right. Lift, lift weights or Lift whatever. heavy weights. Or we'll just see who can bench the most at the end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very small amount. But so sure. it is. But it is very annoying. Yeah, that we have. This is this is sort of a larger. Obviously, you're being really not really serious about this, but yeah, I think it of. is a larger commentary that we're just willing to. Have, oh, we have eight champions. Isn't that great? Well, no, you can't have. And eight by champions. the way, if you, you were one of those kids, I guarantee you, I guarantee you. Not every one of those kids was happy about it. Now they're happy about getting fifty thousand because, by the way, they all get fifty. They grand. all got the fifty grand. Yeah. Scripps Howard must. Scripps be Howard paid out four hundred. Eh, spelling bee is you well, know, big bucks. Big but I guarantee you, these kids are hyper competitive. Yeah, they're thinking to themselves, "I'm better than that goofball." Well, how are they listed in the paper <laughs> alphabetically, or I don't know, but because they're not in order of finish, so somebody's got to be first. And they're going to say, "Well, I was the I was the champion because I was the first one listed." Right? I don't know. 
Yeah, it, it's know. unsatisfying. It's un-American, Chad. Well, there's a way to fix all of this. No more spelling bees no at all? No more spelling bee. Come on. We've got, we've got uh, spelling correct on all of our word processors. Why do we need the spelling bee? At this well, point. Well, you know what, though? I don't agree with you that we shouldn't have the spelling bee. We need to have one single winner. In fact, I read an article. There's apparently one of the feeding or one of the feeder competitions to the national one. It's like the it's like the Southeast Asian spelling bee. And whoever it is, the guy that runs that one and has for years was basically he said, we don't have these problems. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, there's more words. Yes. We, we always them. we only have one winner in ours and it doesn't take us five hours. So you either need to find harder words. Now, I will say the words are pretty darn hard. But again, sure. Not for these kids. No. It, but I, I've seen an abridged, unabridged dictionary. They're quite large. There's a lot of words in there. Well, many of the words, and I don't know what the rules are, and obviously uh, many of the words are actually foreign words. Like they're literally German or French words that apparently have some usage. Not You're not going to see a man on the street using these words in within the English lexicon. But um, I... Is lexicon one My, of the words? Yes. Le- are you kidding? <laughs> Was that Lex- one of the lexicon words? is like asking them to spell uh, yeah, but, like cat. But is, but is lexicon at the elementary level where they're starting them out? Or is that not no, high that, enough for No, th- that's not high enough either. Okay. No, no. Not, I mean, it's unbelievable the words that they're spelling. Wow. But again, if I had a coach sure. and spent six hours a day and well, They pay all this my... coach, right? This, this is an oh, actual job. You better believe it. So I could get a job as a coach for the spelling bee. All I have to have is a dictionary. I'm telling you, this is like an Olympic sport. The, uh, how does like one go about own, getting this job? I'm sure within this world, yeah. there are there are the people. It's sort of like tennis families, right? Yeah. I go to the Boletary Academy. I'm sure there are entire th- – these people have CVs. If you really want to learn, you've got to go with, you know, sure. Dr. Xavier or whatever. He's the best coach in the, in the world. No, no. And I'm sure there's all sorts of uh, – you know, prestige associated with which coach you're with. and um, So I, all I need to get this job is a copy of Rosetta Stone for pronunciations <laughs> and an unabridged dictionary. That's it. Oh, Then I, I got the job. I, I got qualifications. Not, I would not be surprised. Now, I haven't, again, I haven't dug deeply enough into this. I would not be surprised if there's also all sorts of. Is there a licensure um, on this? Like almost like mental like mental coaching, right? Ooh. Like all the pro athletes have the guys that teach them how to have positivity yeah. and all that. I guarantee you that's all part of this as well. So when I used to watch this when I was much younger and had nothing better to do and used to be on during the daytime, it wasn't a prime time event. Right. These kids struck me as socially awkward at best. Well, Am I okay, still I don't know in the same group? I don't know if that's entirely fair. Six hours um, a day studying spelling words? I mean – I'm not sure many of them. Not a lot of birthday are, parties on that list. Let's just say that they're probably singularly focused on this by um, choice or and by, you know what? by parental. Many of them, I'm sure, already have either job offers at the age of 12 from Google, <laughs> or they're already you know Doogie on Doogie Hauser scholarship to MIT. These kids are very, very smart. Do they trash talk to their coach saying, "I'm better than you. I'm going. I'm going someplace, and say, you're coaching me." I have to say, it was refreshing to see. Well, it was refreshing and then also sickening. Meaning, um, it's great that all these kids, look, they're 12 years old. They're kind of cheering each other on. Yeah. On the other hand, I would actually want to see one of the kids being ticked off. Like, I'm the best speller. I don't want to share the trophy. <laughs> right? So which is better? 
Little League World Series Championship or Spelling Bee Championship? Which is better? Like, which would I prefer to watch? Which would you prefer to own? Oh, I mean, come on. Little League, Little Little League? League World Series, okay. of course. Okay. Well, because there's no money with that. There's no money winning yeah. the Little League World Series. Yeah, there's doesn't... prestige. But you, you know what? Back... The minute that they have eight winners of the Little League World Series, I will not want that trophy either. Yes. Fortunately, <laughs> we haven't come to that yet. That'll be next year. <laughs> we shall see. Can we move on? Yes, you we can. It all yes, out we, I've said my piece about the spelling bee. Okay. Next to a sport that I also don't really watch, um, Mr. Hank Haney. Now, you're going to have to explain who he is because most of our listeners will have no idea who Hank Haney is. He used to be a Tiger's uh, coach. Tiger Woods. Tiger yes. Woods. Uh, may have heard of him. Pretty good golfer. Golfing, so he's a very well-known golf instructor. Yeah. He's got a radio sh- had a radio show on Sirius XM. Uh, he made some comments. He was asked a question. He made some comments. Well, and he was asked a question. Possibly. He was asked a question about the U.S. Women's Open, which is one yep. of the four major championships. Very similar, although actually, I, I'm trying to remember now. Do the women actually contest the Open Championship? What do you mean? Comp- well, like sport? the men's. The four, see, I don't really follow women's golf either. I know who some of the golfers are, but um, the men's four majors are the Masters. The women don't have that. Correct. Um, the PGA, I believe, the women LPGA have the LPGA each tour has the u.s open there's the women's u.s open and the men's u.s open right. it's our national championship right. what is the um so they were british open no that's i mean i don't think the women play which is now called the open championship there mm. must be some there must be some other one and i'm it's escaping if, me if you know let us know because right. we don't but in any event yeah. the u.s the women's u.s open is probably the most important major championship in women's golf right um it's one of the four majors that they contest and so hank Haney was asked a question about that championship and i'm going to play a clip on uh, what he said so okay. take a look 74th U.S. Women's Open. Yeah. I'm going to predict a Korean. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a pretty safe bet. Pretty That's going to be bet. my prediction. Okay. I couldn't name you like uh, six players on the LPGA Tour. Yeah. Nah, maybe yeah. I could. I don't know. Well, I'd, probably, I'd, I'd go with Lee. If, if I didn't have to name a first name, I'd, I'd get a bunch of them right. But I'll tell you about, you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, I, I don't know. You got six Thompson. leaves. I, six I leaves I, I, honestly, Michelle Wee's hurt. I mean, she's not. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know many, but so that's so. He named Michelle Wee. Michelle Wee is a fairly one I well would, known. That's Wee, not Lee. W I E. Ironically, he said there's six Lees, and the sixth Lee actually won the U.S. Open. So right now, oh, so we need <laughs> we need to kind of. So you heard those comments. Yes. Now I'm sure we need to give some of our listeners time there to recover from their post-traumatic stress from hearing that, from from falling, uh, stroking out, falling to the floor. But I, I just want to read you a sample. So I just looked up an article on this because I was going to look for the transcript, but Chad played the audio. Yeah. And here's the um, here's just the first paragraph of this news piece on his comments. Oh boy. Hank Haney, the four, this, and this isn't an editorial. This is just a uh, some bland AP whatever story about this. Hank Haney, the former swing coach of Tiger Woods, kicked off his radio show Wednesday with racist and sexist comments about the field in this week's U.S. Women's Open. Okay, so it's both racist and sexist. Now, I want to kind of re. Go back over what I just heard him you say. Want to play it again? No, no. Okay. Um, he said, well, you explained to me, Chad. He, this is what he said. I think a Korean is going to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Oh my word! What? And he said, uh, "I think the last name of the winner is likely to be Lee," which ironically it was. Yes, there and are six of them. By, <laughs> it is it is indisputably true if you know anything about the LPGA Tour that there are it is dominated mm-hmm. at the higher levels. Not entirely hasn't but, always been, but, but it, Korea late, Korea has. is a powerhouse. Like there are many many mm-hmm. uh, championship Korean golfers on the tour who tend to dominate. Yeah. And, and I think they even said there in there there's six of them that yes. were competing with the last name of Lee. The one that won is her last name is Lee, and she puts a six after her name because she is the sixth Lee. Okay, so with that background, not related necessarily. Just explain to me what is now. Remember, we're not saying that it was. Look, I'm fine if you want to say you know. I don't really appreciate Hank Haney. He seems a little <laughs> demeaning of women's golf. He made it very clear. He doesn't really like women's golf. He doesn't follow okay? it. Let's say that He doesn't that follow sure. it. He, he's clearly not interested. And I'm fine if you want to say, you know what? He was demonstrating some level of you know, disregard or even contempt for women's golf. Okay, that's fine. No, no, that's not the accusation. Because Hank Haney actually lost his radio show over this. Yes. I want to know what is racist... About what he said. Let's talk about the sexist part first. Okay. His, I can't see the sexist part other than to say, I don't follow women's golf. I don't know who could win. That's not sexist. That's what this commentator is saying. The question is, if you don't like women's sports. Then you must be a sexist. Are you sexist? In fact, if you make fun of women's sports, not because it's women, right? In other words... Women are inferior. Women aren't actually good athletes. See, those are the kind of comments that are sexist. You're, sure. you're making broad generalizations about women. And in fact, I've said this before. I have four sisters, uh, all superb athletes, three of whom were Division One athletes. I would be the last person to say women are not athletic. In fact, they're incredibly athletic. Yeah. They were tremendous and athletes. And your sister listens to the show, so she might and call I, you out if you Right, and, and I enjoyed watching them because they were very good. But the question is, see, because everyone just automatically accepts these labels. I'm telling you, I have read 100 articles about this where it is taken as absolutely true that what he said is both racist and sexist. So I don't I want, think it's sexist at all. I want someone to, but I don't even think okay. these words have any meaning anymore they other don't. than I disagree with what Hank Haney yes. said and I'm mad. I'm offended by what you said, so I'm, I'm upset about it. There's no sexism there. He, him not liking a women's sport is like a woman saying, I don't like to watch football. Okay. That doesn't make her a sexist. It just means she doesn't like to watch football. He doesn't like to watch women's golf. Okay. All right. If I doesn't like watch the NBA. So we, are, we agree with that. And even, but even worse, the more, the more charged accusation. Well, the racist thing, it th- again, thrown about like it's nothing. Like, uh, you're a racist because you disagree with anything I say. No. You're, therefore, so, you're a racist. It's almost like, well, he mentioned, he mentioned Koreans. That who, must be who racist. Won the ro- well, he yeah. actually said... I expect a Korean to win the championship. Yep. Explain to me. I yep. want anyone. And by the way, I haven't read a single article because it's assumed you don't have to explain this. How is that racist? It, it can't. Be, it's like saying a Kenyan is going to win a marathon. Ah, uh, that's that's not course, racist. But you're it's you're factual. clearly you're clearly not permitted to say that either. It's also like saying you know what, um, the Patriots are on the clock and they're drafting a cornerback. 
I don't think it's going to be a white guy. <laughs> well, is that, is that racist? Was there not a Spike Lee movie, White Men Can't Jump? Was that not racist? Well, and if you know nothing about NFL football, the point I'm making is that yeah, there is not a single. Jason Seahorn was the last one I can remember. Not, <laughs> right. There's not a single white starting cornerback in the NFL. Uh, there isn't. I can't think. Seahorn's the last one I can remember. And Maybe, so, oh, who's well, the Eric Weddle? He's not a quarterback. He's a safety. Oh, well. There are no, there are no white starting cornerbacks in the NFL. Why? Well, we can go into why, but the reality is that it's a position that requires tremendous amount of speed and athleticism. And for whatever reason, at that level, um, they're all African-Americans. So, again, what I want to know is, it is, is it therefore racist for someone to point that out? You know what? I don't expect them to draft a white. Uh, my prediction, Chad, it's going to be an African-American who they select as a cornerback. Apparently, That's what racist. I have just said is racist. is racist. Because it's factually accurate, it's somehow racism because I don't know. I literally, uh, I literally would like someone to – now, again, can you say, well, it's sort of insensitive. I'm not even sure why it's insensitive to say that. Why is that insensitive? Well, how many, how many women are, are competing at the U.S. Open? How many I don't total? know. I don't I mean, know who's in the field. It's probably like 120. Really? That many? May, I don't know what the field is. Okay. Maybe well, it's 80. Our okay. friend Eric would know this. He, I, I don't he would know. know. He can let us know if we're wrong. It just seems like if it's like when you ever watch PTI and they say, I'll take the field versus Tiger Woods. Is that somehow racist because most of the players are white and therefore they're taking the white guys over Tiger Woods? Is that racist? No, that's not racist. That's just a statement of fact. I'm picking these people over this person. He said Ali would win. And Ali won. I, I, he doesn't know which one because he doesn't follow the sport. Now, was it tongue-in-cheek? Probably. Was he trying to be a little... Uh, I don't but, know. But here's the thing. Generally, generally, what we mean by racism... And again, today what we mean by racism well, is... Yeah. You've said something I disagree with, and so you're a racist. <laughs> That's racist. But is essentially, racism is you are... On the solely on the basis of someone's skin color, mm -hmm. you are generally saying that they are inferior. They are inferior. They are lesser. They can be treated in a way that you know at slavery that they're essentially not even human beings. They're property. But in other words, racism. All this is racist. This is racist. Yes, all black people are mentally inferior to white people. That's racist. And not it is true. A, it, of course it's not, <laughs> not true. Actually, of course it's not true. But in other words, it is a generalization based solely on someone's skin color and essentially demeaning them and saying, because I can look at you and your skin color is a certain hue, mm -hmm. I've determined that you are somehow inferior. Okay. How is saying, by the way, based on historical evidence that this is this isn't in a vacuum. No. He just didn't pick Korean. Like <laughs> I think uh, I don't know someone from Togo. It's going to be someone from Togo that's going to win. No, historically mm -hmm. on the LPGA tour, golfers from Korea, female golfers, have been dominant. Oh, so the last couple decades sure, or so, sure, not, right, not in forever, the, but yes, in the time that we currently exist. Yeah, and Hank Haney says, you know what? I don't really like – you didn't say that, but the insinuation, if you want, is I don't really follow women's golf because I'm not really that much into it. I suspect a Korean is going to win. Again, how in the world is that a racist statement? It isn't. That, that's the reality. In, in the definition of racism, that's not racist. But that's not what people want to hear. He lost his radio show because somebody was offended. Now, I don't know who exactly was offended. And they never even had in. to explain why they were offended. No, it's simply, don't have to talk about it. It's simply, you use the word Korean, mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to say that. What if he said, I think an American's going to win? 
Would that, that would have been also, racism? That would be jingoistic. Oh, okay. That would be not ethnic, racist. That would be ethnocentric. Okay. Right. That would be that would be clearly demonstrating. What if he said, I think Michelle Wee's going to win. No, that's okay. That's okay because you didn't identify her by her race. I think an American Michelle Wee is going to win. That's yeah, not a race, but that's her but, nationality. But actually, your example makes uh, demonstrates an important point, which is you're damned if you do and you're sure. damned if you If he had said, I think an American is going to win, that's also not permitted. No. No. Never, we, can't, say that. we can't say it because – and that would actually be worse. Yeah. This privileged white male golf instructor in his bubble. I of, think you hit it right there. The white male. Sure. The white male said something, therefore it's bad. It can't be – that it's factually accurate. The white male said it. I don't like how he said it. I don't like that he doesn't like women's sports. I think that was the big part. I don't. Yeah. Right. I think if he if he said I love women's golf and I think Ali's going to win, I don't think there'd be an issue. Well, well there, I don't really still, follow no, it. There still would have been an issue because there is a segment of our population that is their only reason to exist is to be perpetually outraged about something. Mm. And what they know now is all we have to do. Okay, we punch. We punch a thousand weight classes above our own weight on Twitter, <laughs> yep. and all I got to do—I don't even have to explain why I am upset. Nope. I'm just very upset. I'm going to hurl a few epithets at you. The ist. You're you're a, a number of ists. You're a sexist, <laughs> and you're a racist, and you're a homophobe. That's a—it's either an ist or a phobe, right? Yes. And yes. and all I have to do is say those magic words, and that's sufficient to make a lot of people say he must be he must be cast into outer darkness. No, oh, yeah. And you. Even even have Tiger Woods now. Okay, there's Hank Haney was Tiger Woods' previous coach. I, I, apparently, there was no love lost there in terms of when they severed their relationship. And so I think part of this was Tiger Woods. But Tiger Woods went on I don't know Twitter and basically said, "Yeah, well, he got what he deserved. You just can't talk that way." Essentially. And again, I want I would want someone to ask Tiger, what exactly did he say that you can't say? What is it? Again, people just accept this. These these conclusory, <laughs> you just can't say that. Say what? What can't you say? You can't. What if he had said it this way? I believe one of the incredibly talented and tremendous Korean women who are make up a large segment of the LPGA tour are going to win the championship because they have a history of demonstrated success. Yes. Are you allowed to say that? No, you're a white Not male. if you're a white male, I guess. Yes, of, oh. Even though it's entirely accurate and it's complimentary, which is essentially what he was saying is they're really good golfers from Korea. But he didn't say they're really good golfers. He just said, he I think He said they're Ali's going to win. win. But it doesn't say – he's not praising them. Therefore, like, <clears throat> did you know the U.S. Women's World Cup is going on? Unless you follow a women's World Cup, you probably don't. Your sisters probably do. You probably have been watching it. I have not. I have not it been yet. watching it. And, and actually, we can segue very quickly into another issue, which we've talked about before. But I, this this sort of mentality, where the thing that's most concerning to me, it, look, the perpetual outrage movement is going to be with us for a while. Sure. But the fact that so many people just uncritically accept these labels, well, of course it was racist. Yes. <laughs> Explain why. What is your definition of racism? I don't have and explain, to. Well, no, I want. That's the I problem. Want, I don't have to, right? Because the mere allegation, shouting those words, I is feel enough. offended. It Therefore, sounded, you have to be shot. It just silenced. sounded racist to me. Just sounded that way. What's well, funny? You bring up offense and shouting down and silencing. Well, let's go to the next topic. I want to read a definition because I don't call this 
word the way it's been said. Phobic. Having or involving an extreme or irrational fear or aversion to something. Or noun, a person with extreme or irrational fear or aversion to something. When I hear phobic, I think fear. I don't think of aversion outside of the sense of fear. Do right. You, do you think differently about that? I mean, well, no, I think this is a correct, really – That's the accurate definition. It's the accurate definition, but the aversion is out of a fear of, to me, not aversion, period. I don't have a phobia about certain things. I, I don't like heights because I'm afraid of heights. I, I had the fear. I don't know what the aversion is. I, I try to avoid getting on I'm high not, things, I guess. I'm not phobic of condiments. I just think Dislike they're them. disgusting. Yes. Yes. You don't have so a fear I do not of have them. Mayophobia. No, you don't. Well, you could. Mayo, you should have a fear of. And we've talked about that before. Yes. So this past week, um, one of the big tech giants, Google, and their subsidiary, YouTube, stepped in a big pile of poop, uh, to say the least. Uh, now, I want to say something up front. And you guys can take this any way you want. Much of what's on the internet is vile. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't think I'm right, just Google anything and you will yeah, find actually, vileness. Don't, don't Google anything. Yeah, don't, <laughs> you'll you, find you have to stuff. wash your eyes out with bleach. But the purpose of the internet, as I understand it, is to allow everyone's opinion to be voiced, whether you agree with it or not. And I don't have to go look for it. And I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to watch it. But I have the ability to go get it if I want, except if you're in China. Or North Korea. Where did no. you get the silly idea that every person's opinion is supposed well, to be allowed? That's what I thought the internet the, was, was it not? No. It was, it was everybody could express their ideas. No. We could put out a podcast saying, we don't agree with you. Therefore, you don't, you don't censor us. So YouTube is a microcosm of the greater internet, but basically Google is the internet in, in a lot of senses. This week, a gentleman from Vox Media, which I know is – is high on your reading list. I know you read Vox on Vox. a regular basis. Uh, one of their writers, on air talent, I guess, Carlos Maza, has claimed that Stephen Crowder is abusing him. He's a hate monger, um, a bigot, many other things. And, and no, Carlos Maza is a Cuban, and but Stephen Crowder calls him a Mexican. I don't know if that's racist because of that uh, somehow. Well, here's the thing. Let, actually, for purpose of this discussion, because I think it'll be helpful, let's just <laughs> – I don't know all the background really about Stephen okay. Crowder's interaction with this guy. And, I, and from what I've read, I've read a little bit, it sounds like some of the things that Crowder said about this guy may very well have been, if not bigoted, certainly offensive in yes. the sense that he was targeting uh, yeah, I'm this getting guy. there, yes. Okay, but – so let's just stipulate yes. that Stephen Crowder said a whole bunch of things about this guy that probably weren't appropriate. Now, I don't think they necessarily went into the realm of, you know, something that was absolutely racist, but he clearly was jabbing at this guy. There are a lot of accusations. Now, Carlos Maza does a piece for Vox called Strike Through, where he basically espouses the progressive viewpoint isn't, isn't on everything. Isn't Maza also openly homosexual? He is an open okay. homosexual. His Twitter name is Gay Wonk. Right. And I think that Crowder was also, in some ways, um, 
making fun he of his... He call him certain names that right. were... So, so, look. Not awesome. I don't, I'm not here to really... And I don't really watch Steven Crowder. Steven no. Crowder's a guy who's a conservative. I've seen him where he, he basically, his shtick is, he sets up like literally like a booth or a table with his cameramen, and he goes into what I'll call political enemy territory, into mm-hmm. these progressive enclaves, and he asks them a lot of questions basically to demonstrate that either they don't, they can't defend their positions or they're hypocritical and and he causes all sorts of kind of unrest he goes into the belly of the bees yes and i'm pro-life change my mind he's a provocateur in some ways yeah i don't oh, really yeah, think the guy i've seen a few of his videos um i don't think the guy is anything close to uh you know openly racist i, I don't think he is at all frankly no. but he does things to agitate people he's a professional agitator and he's a conservative he, he, he lists himself as a comedian he tries to to be funny you know, with comedy, you either like it or you don't. It, it, everybody doesn't like everybody else's comedy, so understand that. He has made a habit of basically responding to these strike-through videos and debunking them, saying this is not true, this is not true, this is not true. Basically, an analysis of these strike-through videos. And in the process, he uses terminology that's probably I wouldn't use with somebody. I don't think you would use with no. somebody, but he does it, and he puts it out. Well, Carlos Maza decided on May 30th that he wanted to have Twitter – or not Twitter, uh, Google enforce the YouTube hate speech ban or something that something like that. They came out and said, there, we, didn't, we watched all the videos that you said. We looked at all these clips, and we basically didn't find him violating our policies. Then the next day, they got hit with so much grief, <laughs> and they said, all right, we're not going to ban him, but we're going to demonetize him, meaning he can't have any advertisers on his videos, so he'll lose – they're quoting about maybe a million dollars a year of yeah. lost revenue for him. He links to his own shirt uh, store and other stuff he sells on the on his own website. So he's still going to make money, but he's still on the web. He's still on the YouTube. He he doesn't lose that, but it's kind of a little iffy. Well, and again, so he's still on YouTube, but let's let's understand this. He's still got a the platform. Only, the only but he does, but the only reason essentially that he's on YouTube is because that's how he makes money. Well, it so, was. I, I think originally when we started years ago, it was to make money and monetizing. He has claimed that most of his money comes from the the uh, site, or, yeah, from his own site, sure. because he, so many of his videos have been demonetized. Right. And so he's gotten to the point where maybe he now has ancillary sources of income. Yes. But the primary, he didn't originally, The yes. primary reason was he, he generated an audience. Mm-hmm. He got advertisers. Yes. That's yes. how you make money. Yes. And so – when you're demonetizing someone on YouTube, you're basically rendering – if that's their business, right. you've, you've destroyed their business. You've destroyed their business. So the whole point that I'm getting to is I don't like some of the things he said. I don't disagree with his analysis of Carlos Maza's uh, strike-through videos because I think Carlos Maza is a flaming progressive liberal who basically is wrong. I think he's totally wrong. But I think they both have a spot on YouTube and should have a spot on YouTube. And the point I'm making is I don't think it's – I don't want to watch much of what's out there, but I think it should be allowed to be out there because if you silence certain things – and this is the slippery slope for, for YouTube, for Twitter, for Facebook, for everybody else. Once you start determining what the rules are, there's always going to be say, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And eventually, you're a censor. Now, it's not a government censor, not First Amendment, because you don't have a right to be on here. Correct. It's a private organization. But you are now saying, 
we're determining what is and what isn't on our site. And you have that right. But boy, it gets, you become now the, the sensor police and you're, you never get away from it ever. Well, and so there's a couple of things here. I think that we are heading, and this is already sort of in the works because there have now been a lot of questions asked of all of these, you know, sort of these tech titans who, look, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. The Silicon Valley, Google, YouTube, Twitter, these are all run by far left people. Okay, mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're ardent and aggressive progressives. And even though they claim, because they lie through their teeth, that they apply their, you know, their standards of decency or whatever they call them, their little – the ministry of, of hate that you know, issues these protocols in a neutral fashion, of course they don't. The people that run these companies uh, and those that they have appointed, their minions that monitor this stuff, they essentially want to silence people who are conservatives because they don't like conservatives. And, and other you – know, it's swept up in that. Are legitimate hate organizations, sure. as Chad pointed out. There's incredibly vile stuff on the web. There are actual neo, actual neo Nazis, <laughs> right? Yes. Not people that are supporting affirmative action. Actual neo Nazis, <laughs> you know, who dress up in Hitler regalia and you know goose step around their living room. Yeah. So there's all sorts of those people, but for the most part, it's also oh you. Uh, you know, you support Brett Kavanaugh. We're going to demonetize you, right? It's that sort of stuff. Well, one thing I, before we go further, I forgot to mention, Carlos Maza makes a claim that Stephen Crowder's followers were doxing him. They were abusing him online. They were doing things to keep his website from uh, staying up. He's provided no proof of this. He just made the statement, I've been, I've been doxxed by well, Stephen Crowder's followers. And isn't it fascinating? Though, we have no idea if that's true or not. Essentially doxing or you're publishing you know, someone's private information, their address or whatever, in the hopes that they're going to be harassed. This is a tactic that is embraced and adopted by all of the progressives. This is their tactic of choice mm-hmm. to do to anybody that runs afoul of their, you know, their scriptures. So to your point, these are private organizations. Uh, this is not a First Amendment issue. It is not government censorship. However, I, you know, we've talked about this. I've analogized this before. There's never been a situation where it's almost what has been called by other people a digital public square. Okay, <laughs> yeah. meaning, meaning that this is now in the our current environment the place where uh, all sorts of expression, right, speech. Um, all of this is going on businesses. And so when you have monolithic control as a company of essentially the main source of millions of people's revenue and discourse, right? Mm-hmm. Political, public discourse over contentious issues. And you have now decided to put your thumb on the scale in a way that is clearly not neutral. In other mm-hmm. words, you're not enforcing this against one of the things, the points that people make is so you're. You're censoring conservatives while you still have people like uh, Louis Farrakhan. And if you go down the list of people who are making these incredibly incendiary claims, hate speech, which I hate that term, Mm. um, you're not even casting an eye towards them because you don't care. It doesn't bother you. Mm -hmm. It's it's a left-wing position that you don't care about. I think where they've really opened themselves up to a problem is most of these agreements where you go onto their site – exonerate YouTube and Twitter for any content, Mm -hmm. okay, because they're not the content provider. Well, guess what? When you then start monitoring this and saying, we're going to allow this content 
but not other content, you've now put yourself in a position where, guess what? You're now involved. Yeah. So you now, in my view, have opened yourself up to potential liability yes. because you're no longer a neutral arbiter. You're no longer just um, a place where all views, no matter how vile or expressed, and you know what? We're just providing a service. Okay, and yeah. the marketplace will take care of that. No, 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 no. You're now stepping in and, and saying, problem, yep. "We accept these views, mm -hmm. but we don't accept these views." So, I think we're going to have within the next year. There's going to be a reckoning for them, and I think what's going to start happening is, and this is Ted Cruz is pushing some of this, um, other legislators is that it's going to be treated in some fashion as the same way AT&T, another one of these monopolies where it's going to get – they're going to be broken up or they're going to be regulated in a way that they're going to have to demonstrate that whatever rules they're imposing for content, it's going to be examined. What was the basis for that decision and is it neutral? And if it's not, there's going to be some punishment. I'm not sure if I'm really a fan of this. I'm not. But I think – I think they have now put themselves in a position where their behavior is going to cause this to happen. I think you're right. And, and you mentioned some other things that are out there. Samantha B calling Ivanka sure. Trump a feckless. But you can think of a thousand examples. All these things are still out there and still fine uh, to be monetized and to be taken care of. I am not a fan of, of this brand of censorship, if, for lack of a better term. I don't want to listen to Carlos Maza, but I think he – should have a right to view his wrong decision, sure. wrong statements. Same with Steven Crowder. I think he should have the ability to say the things he says. I don't have to like him. But if we're talking about true free speech and the Internet is supposed to be about making everybody equal, which it doesn't. I mean, that's, that's a load of crap, too. I think they should be able to say their, those things. I don't have to listen to them. I, mean, I think a lot of people forget that the, the First Amendment may give you the right of free speech, but it doesn't give you the right and responsibility for me to listen to what you say. They're not the same thing. Okay, but you said that you have a problem with the idea of, in some fashion, regulating this, of the government stepping in. That's, the, that's sort of the flip side of this argument because mm. uh, what, do you, what do you propose then? Now, th look, the, the normal rejoinder to this, and I think I have sympathy for this because as a conservative, I think this is generally true, um, is go start your own Go start True. your own um, service provider. My, my solution to this is, and it's not foolproof, but simple is, I don't like regulation. I think regulation, because as we've talked about other in other things, elections have consequences. Somebody else at some point will be overseeing those regulations, and they can change them to anything they want. I don't want the government involved. I'm more libertarian in that respect. But if you want YouTube to be what you want YouTube to be, your echo chamber such as it is, I think there should be ratings on the videos that are posted. They should Maybe they have to go through a, that rating system. And you can change and say, I don't want to see anything above whatever. I know that's not an ideal situation, but then you can say, I don't want to watch the white supremacists. I don't want to watch this. Or I do. Maybe that's what you want to do. I don't know. I don't want to watch whatever. There should be some way to, to a filter, a content filter voluntarily. I don't want government involved, and I, I think that would be sufficient for me. may not be for everybody, for me. What do you think? I think it's a very difficult question. It's um, hard to do that. I don't understand. Well, I, I just think we've – I've said this before. Even though I am by inclination philosophy um, in general someone who does not support this kind of regulation at all because it involves private businesses and they can 
they can make these kind of decisions. I also think we've never been confronted with Agreed. Uh, this kind of technology. For instance, what would you say if – and they could certainly do this – Google, uh, YouTube, all, all of the online, you know, mm-hmm. Twitter, whatever, said we are only going to allow um, – Democratic advertisement, Democratic capital D mm-hmm. for the Democratic Party. We will not permit any Republican politician or anyone who supports Republicans, anyone who is part of a lobbying group to post anything uh, supportive of that political party on any of our our privately owned network. Don't we have that now with the mainstream media effectively? Well – there well, might no, no. be a, a beacon here right, and there. But the, but, but the mainstream media, okay, but that's a different thing because they don't have the ability to prevent someone else. Now, sure they do. They, they don't have to take an advertiser that they don't like. They don't have to take every but advertiser. they're not controlling. In other words, because one time so they were, much were they information. Not? Maybe yeah, not today, but one time they because were. Because so much information flows through the internet. Okay, mm-hmm. this, is, this is how people get their information. I've I've heard other I've heard lawyers who are constitutional lawyers who are much more conversant with this than I am. I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I mean I, I you know, I, I'm sort of a I read these kind of things just for fun. But they have analogized it to a certain line of cases that's way back where again there are cases relating to a public square argument that says if you even as a private business are undertaking things that are going to squelch, silence and muzzle speech in a public square where you're now effectively by taking this action preventing this dissemination of, of free opinions, free speech, then that runs afoul of constitutional protections. I'm not sure whether I completely buy that argument, but we're getting very close to having a similar situation because so much expression, so much of our political ideas, so much of our commerce is controlled through, you know, through this mechanism. So let's take your argument. Um, YouTube right now just using YouTube, not Facebook or anything else. YouTube right now has videos across the spectrum, far right to far left and everything in between. If you suddenly said, we're not going to allow anything on one side of this versus the other, it's all going to be one thing, you're going to lose anywhere between 40 and 50% of your audience who was going to that. Now, maybe you're okay with that from a standpoint, I don't care about the business, I only want to promote this idea, and we've seen that in Hollywood with movies. Let's promote an agenda versus actually making money. I think at that point, the market says, okay, there's a market where YouTube isn't serving this particular market, we have a chance to make a competing source, possibly. Right. Well, that's the classic you know, sort of free market capitalist argument. But I'm not so sure given th- – it's not so easy to just say we're going to generate our own you know, uh, Agreed. counter Agreed. to Google. And here's the thing. Have you ever heard the term adhesion contract? You yes. know what that is? Yes. All right. So in the law, basically an adhesion contract is – you're forcing someone uh, to sign, you know, let's say boilerplate language that says, you know, we have no rights. We waive all of our legal rights or whatever. And the reason it's an adhesion contract is because there's no viable alternative for these people. They can't go elsewhere. It would almost be like saying, you know, there's only one hospital in town mm-hmm. and you're signing away your rights to medical treatment there. And like, well, and of course, that's a different argument because it's a medical necessity. But this happens, for instance, on like ski slopes. Right. You have a lot of these cases where people injure themselves when they're skiing. And it turns out that on their lift ticket in the fine print, it says, you know, (laughs) we don't care whether you've if you've decapitated yourself on a pine 
tree Oops. on the double black You're diamond. Bad. Too bad. You have no recourse. And Parking courts garages have said, do it all the time. And courts have said, in, in general, it's not an adhesion contract because you don't have to go there to ski. But let's say there's only one ski slope in the entire state, yeah. right? Maybe that changes the analysis. The point is that your argument about, well, you know, you can go elsewhere. Right now, you, you can't. really can't. Agree. But right now, those other videos I want to watch are there. You take those videos off, I don't have a reason to go there. Have you ever stopped Here's- watching a TV show that you felt no longer fit your needs, either because it got boring or because it started preaching an agenda you didn't agree with? I stopped watching sure, MASH. Absolutely. I stopped watching MASH after season six or seven. Because I didn't care for the political agenda. That right. But I don't think that's a perfect analogy because here's another thing. This is even to me more of an issue. Right. We've talked about this where when you're when you are searching, mm-hmm. you're trying to find information. Right. Sure. So everyone goes to Google, not just to watch specific videos, but mm-hmm. I want to learn about X. Yep. And Google is using an algorithm. Mm-hmm. OK. Intentionally that says we're not going to let you find information. You, you mean Europe. Basically sure. Europe. We're, we're, we're not – our first 1,000 searches or you know, hits on these searches is never going to clue you in about all the information because we've decided we don't like that version of the information. How do you know that that's not already happening? Uh, I'm suggesting it is already I happening. I think it is. So I think that's also something that's unprecedented in, in the sense that we have one company that can essentially control access to that kind of information in a way that – Again, is so completely one-sided. So the FTC actually needs to have a backbone and say, you can't buy this company. You didn't create it. Facebook, you can't buy Instagram. I don't care how much money you got. You can't buy them because you're now taking away another source. Well, right. So people. now you're just making monopoly arguments. I mean, you're well, just saying you're, isn't you're that saying what you're already, saying. Well, a little bit. No, I'm not saying that because it's not a question of whether they're too big and can't get bigger. No, it's no, a, you can get bigger. If you develop something on your own internally, you can do it. You can't buy somebody else to corner another aspect of the market. Google, you can't be but they, the I only guess search my engine. Po- my point is, is that they're already essentially cornering the market. That's the problem. And historically, historically, now. when the government broke up AT and T and all of these other monopolies because they said they're just too big, it's unfair. They've already reached that point. They've already reached that. Point. It's too late. It's too late when that happens. But my point is going forward. No, I don't think it's too late. My point is that most progressives cheerleaded over the idea of it's a big evil company. It's too powerful. The consumers have no rights. We must break it up. And it's fascinating because the positions have basically flipped because many. Well, isn't Elizabeth Warren going after him? Not that it matters because she means nothing. But as far as the. She's going after them for entirely different reasons. She Um, She wants paid off. Right. Isn't that the whole point? We, we have to develop – and I don't think this is ever going to happen. Fox News is not the alternative to CBS or NBC. It's, it's partisan in its own way, trying to fill a niche that's there. And that's, to me, that's capitalism. If there's a niche, somebody will fill it because there's a need for it or a desire for it. Right now, there's no desire for an alternative because we haven't been pushed to the point where we care. Now, maybe that's the boiling frog. I don't know. But here's the thing. You say we haven't been pushed to the point that we care. The insidious part of this is I'm not sure people would ever know. The boiling frog. You eventually raise the temperature, and by the time it's too late, you're dead. How do you know that you don't, you don't have access you don't. to certain information? And that's the problem. You don't. How do you know that you know, you're being hidden from you 
are a hundred websites that would actually be something mm-hmm. that you'd be you don't even know, right? So when you say you reach sort of a critical mass that the market responds, the consumers of this particular marketplace don't even know that this is occurring. Okay. Right? It's not just the same thing as so what's the I solution? can't stand. I don't know what the solution is. I really don't. Because I don't want regulation. I don't See, want I, the government involved. I'm that always of, works out badly. I'm kind of getting to the point where I think my default position right now is I would prefer that there be no regulatory response to this. But if this, in my view, bad faith conduct, this partisan, this one-sided, this clearly, again, finger on the scales stuff continues to go on, basically in violation of their own claimed rules, then I think what's going to happen is it may become inevitable. And if it does, I'm not really going to shed any tears for the people that have have brought that upon themselves. the, the regulatory action is going to come more swiftly the more that they engage in this kind of behavior. Well, Crowder and Carlos Maz are going at each other. Vox and basically Blaze TV, that's that's where Crowder's on. Vox is a much larger organization Absolutely. by far than Blaze TV. But that's epitome of what's going on here. And this is a microcosm of what's well, going on in this country. I don't have a problem at all. See, that's the thing. I don't care that there's a thousand – you know, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, and only one Fox News. That's the way the market works. See, that's sure. that's your point. Yeah. I have no issue with that whatsoever. No. The problem is, is that Google and Twitter, they're not actually just a single source of information. They actually control Facebook. they control the information flow. Yes. That's it's an entirely different well, thing. If you go back a hundred years, the newspapers controlled what people knew. What you knew came from the newspapers. Whether it was factually accurate or not didn't matter. You heard AOC. Right. We don't have to be factually accurate. We just have to be. But the difference is that one newspaper could not prevent all the other newspapers true. from publishing. True. That's true. not true anymore. To a great extent, you're right. Okay, that's the difference. Is that that's fine. You're right. There were three main newspapers, and guess what? If all they wanted you to know about was this, you'd never know any better. Okay, but the point is, if someone wanted to start their own newspaper and disseminate information, Mm -hmm. they could do it. Now, you may say, well, you could still do that. Not as easily. You can, but not as easily. It would be much harder to get the word out. And if the people that control particularly the digital information say, we're not going to allow you to be monetized and we're not going to even give you a platform, it's an entirely different world now. It is, and I'm just thinking if you wanted to put up a website and somebody wanted to not take your money and – cancel your website like which has happened with some of the neo-nazis they could do that and there was nothing you can do you can't get another website because nobody will let you because it's all all set up through different intermediaries to get to that point you don't when you sign up for a website you're signed up through a provider of that website you're signed up for an isp to host everything they can say i don't want to take your money anymore and they have that right under our system i don't know what the alternative is i don't know if there's a do we have a Democratic ISP and a Republican ISP? I don't, know. I, I don't, I don't think that's it's, right uh, either. No, it's it's a very thorny problem. I don't think there's any good solution. I, I'm i like you. I generally am opposed to regulatory solutions because those have many unintended consequences, and I, I would much prefer to let a free market function. But we also how. have never confronted I agree. this kind of situation. This is a big difference from everything we've had in the past. I don't know what the answer is, and if somebody has an idea how it would work, let us know because I'd love to hear – debate the ideas. I think that's what I like about the internet 
is you can debate ideas. Now, it doesn't always work out that way because somebody always calls somebody else a Nazi. That's right. always what happens. But I, I like the debate of ideas, and I think that's what it should be. That's what our political system should be, but it isn't. It, that was how it was designed, but it, it really didn't. I, I work also that way. just on our last segment. I also would. I really would want to hear from somebody on the Hank Haney thing that would say, "No, no, Tony, you're missing the boat. Clearly, what he said was sexist, racist, or some other kind of ist." Explain to me mm-hmm. again. I don't really care whether someone says he's being insensitive or he's he's being unnecessarily rude. He's dismissive. No, 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 no. Th- that's fine. Okay. Uh, would I have expressed it that way? Maybe not, but I don't care. What I want to know is because this has basically become received wisdom. Mm-hmm. This man should have been removed from his show because what he said was racist and sexist. And uh, that's just simply not true on its face. Face. So maybe there's other words, comments they're linking to that words, I don't know about. Words should have meaning. I understand that the progressive project is to render all words to have different meanings <laughs> than they actually do, and to expand the meaning to mean whatever you say that I don't like falls under one of these categories. Mm-hmm. But I'd be interested to know if someone thinks well, I'm missing the boat on this and that I should actually be upset by what Hank Haney said, please. I'm, yeah. I'm all ears. 717-739-5432. 717-739-5432. And before we get the hate mail about not liking women's golf, sorry. Well, did I, I, like say, I, did I say I didn't like women's golf? I don't golf? like women's golf. I, well, I let's just don't, this way. It it's not a question of I don't like it. I will not I watch, watch a single minute of women's golf. Now, and, and to be fair, I don't watch men's golf either. So I'm equal opportunity you know on that. Here's the thing. I actually have watched women's golf. You know when I watched women's golf? No. When Annika Sorenstam was That's what I did, golf. too. That's the only time you know, I ever watched and, it. Now, well, that's interesting. And why, why was that, Chad? She was dominant and she was attractive. she was really – well, <laughs> she was really, really good. But she was also an attractive woman. That didn't, I mean, that doesn't hurt. And I know that sounds awful. But don't tell me that women don't watch male sports because the guys are cute. You know, yeah. my wife makes a joke all the time. I love watching a tight end watching football. Ha, ha, ha. You know, that's that's what people do. I'm sorry if you don't like that. That's reality. We could probably close with this because one of the things I was going to mention is that the U.S. women's national soccer team mm-hmm. is now competing in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And they have an ongoing lawsuit <laughs> yes. against uh, the U.S. soccer, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yes. What, what is it? What's the, uh, what's the U.S. Actor? soccer federation? Right, whatever. Yeah. Because this is this – they're not getting equal pay. Yes. And we've talked about this that um, they don't – I actually – we've agreed – the U.S. women's soccer team, in terms of their realm of competition, mm-hmm. is much more successful mm-hmm. historically and presently than the U.S. men's national team. Mm-hmm. Now, that th- in absolute terms, the U.S. men's national team would crush the women in a head-up match. That's what I'm talking more about. More likely. In their realm of competition, meaning in women's soccer internationally, mm-hmm. our women's team is is and has been dominant. Yeah, they're they, not the best in the world all the time. Well, but they, France, they and France are sort of like the co-favorites. Wasn't China but pretty good? China's good. Yeah. But the point is, the men's team is not among no. the top 20 teams in the world. No. Or whatever. Never I mean, they're, they're, they're never going to sniff a World Cup championship. The women, never, but the women are among the elite <laughs> squads internationally almost mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the women should get paid more money. Now, I It read, doesn't? I read an article today in the lawsuit and I don't know the facts the the women are claiming that I think at least maybe last year or the year before that the women's national team generated 20 million dollars more in revenue than, than the, men the men's did, than the men did now if that is true wow and I um I'm going to have to be shown the uh, <laughs> the actual numbers documentation 
if that and by the way, I chuckle at that because it's generally based on TV revenue, advertising revenue. And here's the reality. Even though the men are essentially mediocre on the international stage, far more people are interested in men's soccer than women's soccer. Sorry, that's just the truth. And same way, far more people are interested in men's golf than women's golf. And so the ad revenue is higher even though it's an inferior product in the sense of they're not as good compared to their competition. But I read a response which they said over – from 2008 to 2015, the pushback was, again, I don't know whether these are accurate, the men's team brought in $144 million, again, the mediocre men's team, and the women brought in $55 million. If you want your explanation hmm. for why the men are getting paid more, if that is true, there it is. Hmm. It has nothing to do with who's better, who's won more World Cups. It's do you generate eyeballs which generate money? And if you don't, that's just unfortunate. That's how it works. That's how it works. Well, now, the, the, what is provided to the teams, okay, in terms of facilities and, you know, coaching, I think all of those things should be absolutely the same. Are they not? I, the claim is apparently that some of the women's facilities are, are substandard. I, I would have a problem with that. Sure. If you're funding two national teams, there's absolutely no reason why they wouldn't have equivalent facilities, mm-hmm. equivalent technology, all of that. But in terms of salaries, like what you are getting paid to play for this team is entirely dependent upon how much money do you generate. <laughs> and, it, and I would be the first person to say, if I've said this before, if the women's team generated 10 times the money that the men's did, they deserve to get paid 10 times more money. Yes. It's a very simple equation. So you're saying if I generate a nickel, I should not get paid a dime. Is what you're telling me? If Serena <laughs> Williams is the highest uh, grossing in terms of advertising dollars and Goose's ratings, she deserves to be the highest paid tennis player in the world. I yeah. have absolutely no problem with that. And, in fact, she is among the she, highest paid tennis is. players in the world because she's one of the few women that really drive the ratings. This would be true in any walk of life. I'm not sure why this is so difficult to understand, but you're not entitled to equality in pay if you're not generating as much money. Regardless of your success. It absolutely. Doesn't. So I'll give you an example. I went to the 94 World Cup in um, Giant Stadium, and I got to see the – up-and-coming Egyptians versus the Moroccans, okay? not Neither team had any shot whatsoever. Giant Stadium was sold out, completely filled. 1994 in the United States, a place that doesn't historically love soccer. You watch the last World, Women's World Cup final, which the women won for U.S. women. The stadium wasn't full at the final. Right. I went to a first round game against with two teams that were going nowhere, didn't even get out of their round robin, and that was sold out. That tells me men's sports, at least at that level, are more more desirable to watch. Whether you like that fact or not, it doesn't change well, it. It may not even be it's not even so much that they're more desirable because again, you, you could tell the you know the, the people that are watching the men you're fools. I've heard this argument before. The women's game is actually better. You know, there's in the WNBA there's more fundamentals. There's more. Okay, it doesn't matter <laughs> for whatever reason. You may be entirely correct. Yeah. You may you may be correct that they have a better free throw percentage and their their layups are just you know transcendent. It doesn't matter. The marketplace decides. Yeah. The marketplace does not want to watch WNBA. More people want to watch. Men's mediocre soccer yeah. and unknown 
international teams yeah. than women's soccer. Now, you may say that's unfair and it's wrong, and you know what? You may be correct yeah. in a yeah. you know in a platonic sense, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't if you it. want more pay, you're going to have to convince people that your product Shocking. needs to be watched by more people. Or you have to convince more people to watch and your product. And that doesn't mean that your product is inferior. No. It doesn't mean uh, it's not a commentary on that, and it may actually be a better product. Could be. But – you're going to have Based to Based on your criteria. You're on your criteria. Yeah. And guess what? Other people may disagree. And if more people disagree and they refuse to watch you and they refuse to advertise because they realize no one is all that interested. Name the last WNBA champion. I have no idea. It, it just was a couple months ago. And listen, I probably know more about the WNBA than most people. I could rattle off names of players. Diana Taurasi, Rebecca Lobo, uh, Sue Rebecca Bird. Rebecca Lobo, really? We're Sue going Bird. back that far? Well, sure. <laughs> Sue Bird. You can go down the list. I mean, Lisa Leslie. No. Who's the current? I forget who the current... Um, but nevertheless, nobody watches it. No. They're just not interested. Who won the NBA championship last year? I shouldn't year? say nobody watches it. It has a core Some group of fans. It. Some people watch it. They're avid supporters. Sure. Good for them. Yeah, they happy. enjoy it. They go to the games. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a free country. I'm happy. If you like watching it and it's available, watch it. MLS does not do wonderful and, and ratings. Talking about this too. Well, they could beat you, Tony. You're yes, right. they could. You yes, are they could. correct. They could they dunk could, on they me could crush 100 me. times. That's right. I have no chance. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. Uh, I don't know what it does either. I don't know. Sure. I, I got to leave us with a Joe Biden clip. Do you, do you really? You I, don't have I, to. I really do because I think it's ironic. I, I want to play it and then I'll. Is this, is this on the Hyde Amendment? What no. Is okay. I, we okay. could talk about that. We'll talk about that next week. I, I want to I just play this and, and then I want to talk about it and how hilarious it is to me. Yeah, well, look, it's, uh, I think you're going to see from the campaign an acknowledgement of exactly how it happened and what it did. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, I, I think it's, look, they made a mistake, they corrected it, they acknowledged it, and they let me know about it. And, uh, and, and the outfits that, uh, that some of the language came from are people who support the plan. So, anyway, thank you. That was Joe Biden kind of wiggling out of plagiarizing his Green New Deal proposal. Oh. Now, the ironic part is Joe Biden had Joe to drop out of the 1988 learn. presidential campaign because he plagiarized his speeches. So Joe Biden really hasn't learned anything. Well, and, you know, I'm still the, the same I actually, Joe Biden. Uh, I have sympathy for him only in this respect, is that I'm sure he had no idea what his boffins were putting together. <laughs> Probably right. Not. He never even read it. Because it's like, listen, we need to, we need to get that out there. We need our <laughs> we need our Green New Deal. Put it together for me. And you think he's really compared? No, so I don't think Joe Biden was at his desk slaving away on the language. I don't for think the he Green was when New he did deal. his speeches in '88. No. So, but but this is this is Joe. I mean, this is classic. You know, they made a mistake, and yeah, well, sorry, no know. problem. I'll, I'll give attribution to the people that came up with it. No, don't worry. Right, Hyde right. Amendment, something else totally, and and it was a joke. Hyde Amendment was a joke to begin with. Well, we it's should even more of a joke. Yeah, but we maybe we'll spend some time next next yeah. week talking yes, about that. I think and we the, should. Joe Biden's. Um, <laughs> completely unshocking hypocrisy and flip-flopping. Oh, amazing. You can't – listen, here's the reality. If you don't know what the Hyde Amendment is, it's basically Look an it amendment up. that says you can't federally fund abortions through Medicaid, essentially. Oh, wait a minute. Right. But here's the thing. And Joe Biden's position has always been, you know, his 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 weaselly, I'm a Catholic and so I'm privately opposed. But, of course, I in public I go along in lockstep with the Democratic Party. Well, nowadays Democratic Party is so extremist on abortion that, that you can't – and by the way, the Hyde Amendment 
even though it's really not effective at all. Draw enjoys very broad public support when it's polled. In other words, it's not one of these 50-50 issues. It's literally 70-some percent of Americans don't think the federal government should be using tax money to fund abortions. Mm-hmm. And, and Biden has always said, that's my position. Well, guess what? You can't win the Democratic primary uh, nope. in 2020 nope. if you deviate one iota from the holy sacrament of unrestricted abortion on demand. So what Joe found out very quickly, and he was asked, <laughs> this came up because he was asked on some junket from some ACLU activist who said, you know, what's your position on the Hyde Amendment and repealing the Hyde Amendment? And he basically said, yeah, it can't stay. we got to get rid of it. Well, then he kind of remembered, oh, gee, that uh, hasn't been my position for 40 years. <laughs> so he tried to backpedal. Yeah, and when he work. backpedaled, immediately, you know, the mob, right, the progressive mob, declare declare your loyalty or you will be cast out and so he had to officially say and and the explanation is like a non sequitur it's basically well you know if if alabama and these other states are gonna you know keep pushing this extremist view of oh by the way the extremist view is when a baby has a heartbeat you shouldn't be able to abort it that's extremist it is and so that's his justification so literally in a day in a day, based on the Twitter mob, right, and the base of the Democratic Party screaming at him, he's jettisoned, allegedly, 40 years of principles because he wants to win the Democratic nomination, and he already is an old white male. So he's got problems already. <laughs> no intersectionality for him. There will be no dissent tolerated no. on the pro-abortion platform, and I use that term intentionally mm-hmm. because their platform is exactly that. It's not pro-choice. Unrestricted abortion on demand with no limit up to and beyond birth. Mm -hmm. That is the Democratic position. If you don't toe that line, no nomination for Joe. So that's that's the explanation. We definitely have to talk about that next time because I think there's some misconceptions about all that. So got anything else to Uh, that is it people with. All right. That's it. If you've got comments, let us know. Maybe next week we'll have a spelling bee and we will crown ourselves co-champions uh you're gonna outspell me i, I feel very <laughs> confident I, i've become lazy in my spelling after of an old word processors for decades so i don't spell yeah. I, I can spell basic words but don't expect me to spell anything unctuous like shouting no nah, i can't do that can't do that i, I liked it all the german words but there you go he, de- he does like his german i don't know so thanks for joining us i'm chad i'm tony good night <laughs> This has been a Hannah Tree production.